Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Andrew Majorkirk. Yes, indeedy duty. This is the WCHL podcast. I am the Commissioner Christopher Perry, and on the other end of the line is my very favorite, my best friend in all the world. It's our favorite quinceanera scheduler, the former <laughs> Zamboni driver extraordinaire at the Blazers Ice Center. It's Andrew Majorkirth. Andrew, say hello to the people. Yo, yo, yo. Andrew, do you, if, if I were to say D Generation X, do you know what I'm talking about? Degeneration X. From like I do not. Wrestling? Okay, all right. Well, every time we listen to that intro, um, there, there, there used to be a, um, um, there used to be a, a, a tag team that wrestled in, in WWE, um, and it was uh, B.A. Billy, Billy Gunn and the Road Dog, and they always had a little saying or they had a little shtick that they did at the beginning you know where the road dog did it ladies and gentlemen you know <laughs> blah, blah 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 i you know here with ba billy gunn and um uh the, the 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 road warrior the road dog and they would point to one another and then they would point to themselves you know when they're doing the introductions and the only reason i bring that up Whenever I hear Ben Buckland doing with welcome to the podcast with Commissioner yeah. Christopher, here I am giving myself two thumbs, and then when he says and Andrew Majorkirth, I'm pointing over my head to my left. Yeah, you're because like, there he is. There it's where Andrew is. So, anyways, all right, nice. enough enough of the garbage. That shows how much of a nerd I am. If you want to, if you're entertained, look it up on YouTube. The uh, the Road Dog and B A, which stands for Badass, uh, Billy Gunn. Uh, those were, uh, they were a great tag team. Anyways, I enjoyed them. So, uh, check out their intro. That's, that's what I have fun with that. Andrew, (laughs) it's been a while. We've had nationals since the last time we spoke. It has been what? Two weeks, two and a half, three weeks. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. You've been, you've been jet set all over the country here. Oh, all the while. I mean, here, the rest of us have been going to work every day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You living it up out there. Living (laughs) that you, you, you figured me out, Andrew, living it up large in Marlboro, Massachusetts, Marlboro, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm telling you what. All right. Yep. We had nationals. How was the the rink in Marlboro, Massachusetts? I will tell you, you know what? We might have to put an E on this broadcast, Andrew, because the rink was (laughs) cold as balls. It was freezing cold in there. That's great. The 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 facility, the New England Sports Center, is a gigantic um, facility. It started out as a four pad, so it had four ice, it had four sheets of ice in there. Yep. And then the guy that owns it built on gradually, and so he, you know, he would add a rink here, he would add a rink there. So he eventually has ten rinks. I think he has. Um, nine regulation size rinks and like a mini rink a 10 is uh, like a half rink or something like that interesting it's yeah well the interesting thing about it is and the reason why that matters andrew is because when you walk into the place rink one is immediately to your right rink two is immediately to your left rink three and four are immediately you know past those if you go straight 
But then, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, they're all in different places. You know, rink one yeah. is right next to rink six. Rink two is right next to rink seven. Rink <laughs> ten is right next map. to rink, oh, Andrew. And then, <laughs> you, not only do you need a road map, I mean, I think you need a homing beacon in one of those air tags to find your way home because it's, it's crazy. I have heard that at that place that you do have to go up some stairs, down some stairs, around the corners, duck in and out of maybe a snack bar or pro shop to find all the different rinks to get into them. That's if you're from a spectator point of view. Yes. If you're, if you're playing, you just stay on the ground level, but yeah, there are, you got to go upstairs um, and, and then downstairs to get into the viewing section for the rink. It's, uh, it, it was crazy. I'll tell you what, it, it was, it was an absolute madhouse. There were, it, the, the event started on March the 16th. Teams were showing up, uh, actually at the facility on March the 15th for practices. All five divisions started play on the 16th. Actually, I think D2 started the day after cause they're special. The, the special division of the ACHA. We'll talk about them later because they really are special. Um, and, but then they all ended on either the 20th or 21st. So, I mean, it was a zoo, Andrew. I can imagine. That's a lot because there's 20 teams just in D1 alone there, right? 20 teams from D1, 16 from D3, 16 from D2, 10 from women's one, and I think 12 from women's two. And, Andrew, there was one hallway for all of the locker rooms. Oh. And, I mean, we had girls changing in, in – I mean, if you can just imagine the one locker room. I mean, the one hallway for all the rooms. We oh. had girls changing right next to guys. We had little kids. You know, the, the, the place never stopped. I mean, the men's league was going on while we were going on. They have they have eight, uh, nine sheets of ice, Andrew. So Holy moly. when we would show up for the 10, 15 game in the morning, and, you know, I get there at 8, 30, 9 o'clock, get there a little early. Here, youth hockey games going on. Or youth, youth hockey on the weekend or on weekdays, it's men's league, you know. Um, early morning men's league games, and so you know you get all these uh, all these you know corporate executives walking out with their uh, Keens on, and you know with their wheelie bags, throwing it into their Subaru before they go off to their corporate job somewhere. Mm-mm-mm. And so all of those guys and girls were getting dressed in the almost the exact same area, and it's it's insane. It was insane. Now that's behind the scenes, right? To the to the uh, to the fan that's there, they don't see any of that baloney. Yeah, they go inside, they go up the stairs. There's a grand concourse, if you will, where you can watch the games in relative comfort. If you don't want to go in the rink, because there's windows, you know, on all the rinks. There's a couple of snack bars. There's one snack bar that was just a full-on snack bar. There was one that was supposed to be um, just seafood only, but it turned out it was just clam chowder only. Oh. Um, yeah, I know. So, uh, uh, you know, from a fan's from from a perspective of in front of the curtain, from the fan perspective, it was great. Lots of mingling. You can you can go watch a D one game. You can go watch a women's game. You know, if if your game is in intermission, you can wander around and find another game going on. So, from the fans' perspective, from the fans' point of view, it was great. From the rink's point of view, it was great because there were always lines at the concession stand there was always always a line at the merchandise stand lots of lots of people there watching huh lots of people watching lots of people spending money lots of happy rink owners 
but from a uh, from a playing perspective, from a staffing perspective, oh boy. Well, at least from a Division One. Who knows about the other divisions? I mean, they're Mm-mm. they're they're all strange in their own way. So. And Andy, Andy did the all the D one games. Andy, Andy Stores did every single one of the Division one games, and Andrew he did all the championship games for the other four divisions. Oh, very nice. The guy's a rock star. Guys are in Russ, Russ Slagle, who is the other. Uh, he's the ACHA's national tournament director. He was running all over the place. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, I mean, you know, they're, they're, on day one, there was an issue in rink five where ice behind the net was melting. And so it was getting down to the concrete. So, you know, what do they do? They, you know, refroze it back into place. I guess it came out like a big plate, kind of, you know, a big sheet okay. of. And so they poured water on it, and then they got the fire extinguisher out to, you know, kind of flash freeze it into place, and they let it set up for a little bit. Then they did it all over again just so they can complete the game. But uh, what a, what a uh, you know, he, Russ had to put out lots of fires, you know, coaches yeah, not I, adhering to protocols. and Oh, no, not that. Yeah, yeah, what a, what a deal. But, hey, the Nationals happened. We had 19 games. We have a new national champion. And, yes, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a fun time. You know, it was great for hockey, um, great for the ACHA Division I. Um, I think once, you know, once people got there, I think they had a relatively good time. You know, the getting there is kind of the the pain in the butt, right? Because it's oh yeah, you have your choice. Most people flew into Boston. Um, smarter folks flew into Providence, um, but you know, most people flew into Boston. There were buses galore up there. Uh, I heard a lot of complaints about the hotel prices um, oh, being too high. Yeah, yeah, like high hundreds per night, low two hundreds per night. Exactly, you know, for a club team that's, uh, uh, you know, club teams that are trying to pinch every penny. So, ouch. Yeah, they knew those hotels because they knew that was coming, so they knew what they were doing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they they jacked up the price. But uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was a really good time. The ACHA did a decent job of uh, setting up that little concourse, that little hallway, the the like I said, the landing area. Once you came to the top of the stairs, yeah. At a merch stand, they had all the banners from previous champions up there. They put up these big, um, I don't know what they call them, Andrew. They're the lights that you see now for proms and for you know, it's the big the big letters with lights in them that you can go yeah. stand in front of and take a picture. Yeah. It said ACHA 2023 Natties or something like that. And it, it, it looked cool. And, man, there were a lot of people taking pictures. That's so, all that matters, right? That's all that matters. So had a good time. Andrew, let's get right to the games because on yeah. Thursday, Thursday we didn't have uh, – it wasn't very – it wasn't a very – I mean, we had four games, but none of them were very close. No, they're all kind of mundane, weren't they? Yeah, 13 through 20 played on Thursday. Number 13, Grand Valley State blew out Buffalo. Buffalo shouldn't have. Buffalo actually got out to a 2 to nothing lead in that game. And you're thinking, you know, Buffalo was ranked number 58. They shouldn't have been there. They were there because they won their conference playoff. Yeah, and, participation trophy. Yeah, and so you're, when they jumped out to a 2 to nothing lead, we're all looking at each other going, holy crap, what's going on here? Yeah. And then Grand Valley State woke up and pumped eight goals on them. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, hang on a second here." Yeah, and they scored. I think Buffalo scored late to make it like eight to three or something. So, um, anyways, then, uh, Grand Valley beat them eight to three. See you later, Buffalo. And then, and then up comes Calvin versus the Navy midshipmen, right? Calvin versus Navy. How, how about this? You'll love this. 
Andrew, and you'll you'll appreciate this, and maybe this is a little inside baseball, okay? Um, home teams at Nationals are supposed to wear their home jersey, white. Huh. Road yeah. teams are supposed to wear their dark jersey, their road jersey, dark. Navy comes up to us with a little problem. They only <laughs> on. brought their whites and their yellows. <laughs> right? Calvin, as the home team, they only wear yellow. They have like some yucky brown color for their road games so so we're gonna have yellow on yellow calvin (laughs) versus navy and you know the 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 naval coordinator the naval navy in addition to having a hockey coach they always have some guy standing on the bench who's like the liaison if you will and he's you know dressed in an He's like dressed in the Navy, uh, the Marine dress, I should say, because it's the brown okay. uniform, not the not the black or the white, but it's the brown. I think they, what, uh, what do they call those? The uh, the pink and greens, I think, is what they call them. Something I, like that. I, I don't know. Well, so that whoever, whoever that guy was, he comes up to us sitting at our little table and he says, "Well, we have a problem. You know, we only brought our whites and the yellows." And he's basically looking for special dispensation to wear the yellows, and he <laughs> want and he wanted to force Calvin to change into their dark jerseys. Because all they brought was their yellows. And we're just like, hey, I don't know what to say. You know what the rules are. We sent the rules, yeah. you know, we, we told everybody, you're you're number 19. You were never, ever going to wear your white jersey in this tournament, ever. So, um, you'll, you know, wear your yellows and you'll start the game on the penalty kill. Because you'll get a two-minute minor for, uh, you know, uh, not following the rules. You know, unsportsmanlike yeah. conduct to start the game. And so that was that was the fun part of that game because uh, and then miraculously about 15 minutes later here comes Mr. Marine once again to say oh our problem solved they found their blues oh yeah yeah so they, they 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 told us at first they only brought their whites and their yellows and then uh, but then the blues show up yeah but then miraculously the blues are on the fast train from Annapolis and 15 <laughs> minutes later they show up imagine that what a imagine that. They just wanted to wear their yellows. Yes, yes. And so, anyways, uh, the hockey gods were paying attention. Calvin blasted Navy five to nothing, and it wasn't even that close. So, Navy, congratulations! You came. You wore your. You you had more jersey variations than you had goals. So the uh, the the, kind of the surprising game is that third game for me, right? Illinois State IUP. Yeah, yeah, that was surprising, huh? Yeah, it was surprising. You know, I thought IUP, so Illinois State, number 15, and 18, in Indiana, Pennsylvania, 9-1. to one. Illinois State. Illinois I, State kinda, brought out the whooping stick. Man, that kind of surprised me. I thought IUP would put up a little bit more of a fight than that, right? Same here. Same here. I was happily surprised, obviously, Illinois State from my B conference. Yep, and we've talked about them. Good little team. Good little team. Great goaltending. And, um, yep, IUP had some... Uh, had some, uh, they had some players, uh, but uh, they were neutralized. And Illinois State just brought out the whipping stick and laid it to them. Yeah, hey, good for them, right? Yeah. Here, here. Now, besides, I've, obviously, I was very happy with the score, right? But Andrew, during this game, the um, Illinois State fans, yeah. Um, as, as you enter each rink, you have to go through like a glass door to get there. And on the glass door, it says no alcohol permitted beyond this point. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I'm telling you, these Illinois State fans, and they're all very Chicago-ish, right? We're coming in double fisting Bud Lights. 
<laughs> and it gets yes, they were. it gets to nine to one or you know it's a blowout and next thing you know the illinois state fans the moms and dads are chirping the iup fan. and there was a ton i mean iup outnumbered the illinois state folks probably three to one holy <laughs> smokes we almost had a fight in the stands and they were just letting them have it uh, they were letting them have it and they were enjoying it now they're separated the fan base is separated by the tunnel, the player tunnel that uh, the teams enter onto okay. the ice. So, and then at the top, they were separated because um, that's where our broadcast position was. The TV cameras and the hockey TV nimrods, okay. yeah. the announcers were up there. So, you, if you wanted to go, if the I, if the Illinois State folks wanted to go fight, fist fight the IUP folks, they were going to have to go out through that glass door, run through the concourse, and then come in through the other glass door on the other side to get there. You know, it's... Yeah, uh, they'd have been out of breath by that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably would have stopped to buy a few more beers, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but any, anyways, uh, yeah, um, it was uh, it, it was kind of humorous because uh, next thing you know, security uh, comes strolling in on the Illinois state side, and... All of the uh, all of the folks started uh, putting their their beer down and whatever other drinks they had and started uh, playing innocent and not knowing yeah. what. How did this get there? Oh my, that yeah, type oh, of stuff. I, it must have been the person before me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that was uh, that was the excitement for that game. Yeah, Illinois State. Besides pumping nine goals on them, the the fans were uh, they brought a little entertainment value to it. Also, brought a lot. Of, if you remember, Andrew, the the entertainment that we had to endure when we went to Chicago, yeah. and we came in second place after getting jobbed at that Robert Morris Thanksgiving uh-huh. tournament. Yep. Yeah, that was that was the that was the level of uh, that was the level of uh, fun in the stands that was going on. I just, I just remember at that Chicago showcase when I was walking out, and I think I was pushing a big uh, equipment trunk out. Maybe yeah. There was there was two big dads and big guys standing right by the doors, and and they're asking me like, you know, where's your, who are you, and and where's your coach, and you know, and and I'm and I just look up at him, I'm like. Well, if you want to make that mistake, he's down the hallway, second door to the right. If you, <laughs> if you want to make that mistake, and and you know, I just walk out the door and I start chuckling to myself. I'm like, those two idiots are going to go down there and just absolutely get pumped by our coach in the locker room, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I I think I ran into those two idiots uh, as well, and they were, "What are you looking at?" I remember all all that. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. They they were all they were all bearded up. But anyways, I think they they came to root on Illinois State up at the New England Sports Center. Awesome. Well, at least they're getting around. They're getting around. Illinois State won that game three nine to one, and the parents won uh, as well. We were uh, we were just hopeful that there was going to be a rumble out in the parking lot. Um, you know, we were hoping someone's going to be out there to at least take video since we couldn't go out there to watch it. So, so we could see it. And then, uh, hey, the nightcap was uh, Michigan-Dearborn against Lawrence Tech. That was the fourth time that these two teams had played in the last five games. And it... You know, Dearborn. Even though they were the lower seed, um, Dearborn won that game easily, five to two, and it wasn't even that close. Yeah, I was going to say, not even close, right? Yeah, Lawrence Tech was. Um, uh, you know, this was their first time being at nationals, at least on the Division One side, and it showed. I mean, they they were kind of starstruck. They didn't know what was going on. So, anyways, uh, they- so those winners, they moved the the. You know, their prize for winning on Thursday was you get to play numbers one through four. Yep. And um, 
yeah, Minot State stomped a hole on Michigan Dearborn, eight to nothing. Adrian, number three, stomped a hole in Calvin, eight to one, and did away with all of our Sunday concerns uh, for Calvin. Remember, Calvin can't play on Sunday, so there's a that was a whole other issue. We were so we were first rooting for Navy, then Adrian, and uh, Adrian came through for us. The uh, game of the day, I thought, was Ohio beating Illinois State one to nothing. Which, How about that? Which was an absolute shock. Ohio comes in as a the number two seed, and Illinois State played with them toe-to-toe, uh, and they had got great goaltending from Brendan Donovan. Illinois State did. They just couldn't find the back of the net. They should have saved some of yeah. those nine goals. And, uh, was, and so it's kind of a test. You know, we saw them at the Great Perry shootout. <laughs> and great goaltending and uh, and a good little defensive team, right? Yep. And, you know, it, it showed right here, one nothing. That's a great showing at Nationals for those guys. I, th- I thought so, too. 9-1, to one, uh, stomping of IUP, and then taking number two, Ohio. They matched up really well with them. And um, it was a power play goal, if, I, if memory serves, that uh, Ohio got. Illinois State, um, you know, played played very good. And then the, the shocker of shockers was the first game of the day. Grand Valley State took UNLV, the number four seed, to overtime. UNLV prevailed 4-3, uh, to three, but it was just kind of a, a sign of things to come. Man, I tell you, Grand Valley had uh, UNLV on the ropes, right? They did. They jumped out to a lead, and UNLV had to uh, get back into it pretty quick. You know, what was it? Going into third, it was what three to one, Grand Valley State. Yep. The uh, oh, and then it was. I mean, it was three to two halfway through the third period. So I mean, I mean, it was late before UNLV tied this thing up and then uh, sent it to OT. Right. It was late, and you can sense the relief when UNLV finally got there. And uh, yeah, and then it was, it was. Um, it kind of threw us off the rest of the day because if I, I I don't have the game pulled up in front of me, but when UNLV scored, it was like eight minutes or so to go uh, in overtime. It was past the ten minute mark. I remember. Yeah, it's fifteen uh, oh. They scored it at fifteen oh four. There you go. So uh, so what's that? Four fifty six left on the clock. Yeah. And so. um, usually usually what they do is. Um, um, oh, 15 well, yeah, 15 Anyways, they uh, UNLV scored. They won the game, and we were like, huh, interesting. Okay. So, uh, you know, didn't didn't expect – so, you know, we, we expected four big blowouts, and we got two blowouts and two very tight two, games. Two close ones, yeah. And, I like it. And you thought, okay, well, you know, two teams are kind of vulnerable. And then, uh, yeah, so that was Saturday. I mean, I'm sorry, that was Friday, which brought us to Saturday, which uh, – has the um, that's the five through twelve teams. Those and, are the good ones. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where Should the be. fun. Should that's be, where the right? fun really begins. But you know, we only really had one really tight game. The other ones were blowouts. Liberty yep. number five blew out Pitt, which was the real surprise. Pitt was number twelve, and but Liberty just stomped them seven to two. And it wasn't that close at all. I thought Pitt was going to bring a lot more fight to the table, and uh, they didn't. I was really surprised at how uh, I was. I was just really surprised at how inept they looked. And I'm, I'm not obviously they they they're very good. They won the uh, the Eastern States League, but on that day, it just looked like they were overwhelmed by Liberty. Yeah, just just not even not even a comparison, right? Yeah. 
Central Oklahoma came out in a battle of WCHL teams, and they took out uh, number 11, Arizona. And I, I expected that game to be a lot closer, and it just I did too. It just wasn't. I mean, surprisingly, it wasn't. I expected right. some more. Uh, it seemed like Arizona reverted back to their old times where they just had a tough time scoring. Couldn't score, and uh, you know what? UCO came out with the uh, special teams. They had three power play goals and a shorthanded goal. Um, so four of their six goals came on special teams there. The, uh, but what, the one thing I like, and I want to bring attention to it because you don't see this very often, is UCO's number nine, Donald Alkin. Is that how you say it, right? Alchin. Alchin. Yeah. Okay. Two minutes for diving. <laughs> you don't you don't see you don't see that on the score sheet very often, do you? No, he he got he got tagged. They announced it as embellishment, but uh, yep, diving slash embellishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Donald, and then he came back and he scores a shorthanded goal in the game. I think he is, didn't he score the shorty? Uh, he did. He did. Yep, floated one in from the point, and it just snuck right in under the bar. And uh, Nolan Bivolchik, the Arizona goalie, was just caught unaware didn't even know where the puck was until it was behind him yeah i mean so. uco they came out and they jumped on them and you know they were what three nothing before uh arizona scored and then you know uco just said here what we'll just keep this going right yep yep so central oklahoma won and uh the next game was uh niagara versus jamestown number seven versus number 10 and um that was a little interesting i expected more out of uh I mean, that game went to overtime. Jamestown won 2-1 to one in overtime. Yeah, Jamestown was kind of you guys' dark horse in this thing this year. They, they really were. And I was uh, surprised that they had as much trouble with Niagara as um, as they did. And Now, they prevailed, like I said, 2-1 to one in overtime, so they moved on. But um, I sure would have thought that they would have uh, – I sure would have thought that they would have had a, a better showing. Yeah, so. I think this is, this is kind of like what we saw – in Frisco when Jamestown was in, right? Kind of big. And you're like, man, these guys look like a hockey team here. And then at the end of it, you're just kind of like scratching your head. You're like, hmm, not really not really sure what I just witnessed there. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. It was uh, Jamestown. It was James, Jamestown scored first in the second period. Um, uh, uh, Niagara scored um later on or maybe i have that reverse i i just know it was it was a zero zero after one 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 after two nobody scored in the third and then uh brad fortin the uh rookie their uh number nine the wonderful rookie for uh jamestown i think he was the b conference rookie of the year um comes in and scores the game in uh, scores the game winning goal in overtime just like four minutes into overtime yep and uh salts it away and uh, Jamestown moves on, but it was a tighter game than expected. Niagara played uh, played very well, and Jamestown, uh, you know, at, this was their first game. Well, I shouldn't say that because they won the B Conference playoffs, and they just blew out Illinois State badly, eight to two. And then they played Jamestown, played Minot twice uh, after that. And um, I think there were like one goal games against Minot. Yeah, I was going to say they were close, if I remember it. Yeah, and so I was expecting, you know, Jamestown to bring out the the whooping stick and you know just light it up, and they didn't. They had to barely squeak by, so they did. And then uh, Indiana Tech played Maryville in the nightcap on that day, the eight nine game, and that was just an, uh, a butt kicking. <laughs> well, I mean, poor coach John Hogan. They they didn't have it. I mean, that's the game that you usually. 
that 8-9 game is usually the most entertaining game, right? It was entertaining, but for all the wrong reasons, at least if you're a Maryville Saint fan, because they had to use all three goaltenders, won a period, and it was, it was a, I mean, this final score was 7-3 to three with an empty netter. Indiana Tech wins, but it wasn't even that close. I mean, the, game, the game was over in the first period, and it was, you yeah. know, everybody was crying mercy and let's go home and run the clock and let's get out of there. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. That, that's usually the close one right there, but yeah. It 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 was and they just um yeah, that's just wild. So Liberty Central Oklahoma Jamestown and Indiana Tech all move on. So basically we had chalk uh, all the way to Sunday the top 8 seeds moved on as expected, which set set up a, a great Sunday for us. Liberty, the number 5 team took on number 4 UNLV to start the morning. And uh, Liberty uh, ends up beating UNLV three to one with an empty netter. It was a great, great, great game. Um, not score wise, obviously. You you want? I was hoping that a WCHL team would move on to the final four. Yeah, but it's a good game to watch. It was a fun game to watch. Liberty jumped out early, and then uh, UNLV got the uh, got a goal. Finally, got a goal to make it two to one. And you just had the sense that UNLV was going to tie it up. You had the sense, I mean, they were surging, they were throwing everything at the net, and you just had the sense that uh, UNLV was going to tie it up and send it to overtime, and unfortunately, time ran out on them. And they pulled the goaltender, Liberty got a uh, an empty net goal to make it 3-1, to one, and the celebration was on for the uh, Liberty Flames. That's And that's what, the fifth time or third time these teams have met this year? It was the fifth time this year that fifth those time. teams had okay. met. And Liberty had won twice at UNLV, and UNLV had won twice at Liberty. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I thought they had split the season series there. Yeah, yeah. And it was, um, I mean, like I said, you just, Liberty was just throwing, I mean, UNLV was throwing everything they had at Liberty in the third period. And you just, you could sense it, especially after UNLV broke through and scored. I think they scored like five or six minutes to go in the game. and They did. Yeah, they were just throwing everything at the net, and um, you, you could the sense in the rink was they were going to get this. They were going to tie it up, and boom, we're going to overtime. First Sunday, first game in the morning on Sunday, and uh, no such luck. The, the Liberty defense uh, was selling out, and their goaltender Hunter Verostic was uh, he stood tall in net, and Liberty. Won the uh, rubber match, if you will. They took the the you know game three out of five. So the the good guys win, right? They, well, uh, yeah. I, uh, I I joked around. I joked around on Twitter. You know, was this the heaven and hell series? Was this the Saints versus Sinners series? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I mean, you have the you know the good guys. You know, the self-proclaimed good guys, I should say. Yeah, yeah. From yeah. Liberty, and then you have you know the bad boys from Nevada, Las Vegas. At least you know, and I'm sure they're 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 neither. I'm sure that the guys at Liberty are just like the guys at UNLV. It's oh, just hundred percent one. You know, two different locales, two different cultures, and um, uh, but yeah, yeah, UNLV, uh, UNLV bowed out they were the first uh first seed to i guess i was i'm not going to say the first big upset but it was the first upset um of the of the tournament uh i'm not counting them i guess the second if you count the michigan dearborn lawrence tech game so uh so yeah unlv lost to uh 
uh, to Liberty. And then the next game, Central Oklahoma uh, was eliminated, losing four to one to uh, to Adrian. Yeah, Adrian, they they were tough, right? Adrian was very very tough, and uh, it was four to one with an empty netter. Central Oklahoma just could not get much going, and. Um, you know, Adrian. Once they started, they once they rolled. They, uh, you know, they're Adrian's they pretty going, good. Yeah. yeah, Adrian's pretty good little team. They are. They are. They uh, put up some goals, and yeah, I mean, they just buried UCO in the second period there with three goals. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, Adrian has a has a good goaltender, Noah Decotnies, and um, Adrian's. They've they've got some. Guys that can fly up front, uh, Tyler Fife, number 17, Sam Spate, number 44. Um, guys that are used to putting pucks in the net, and they um, and then they got this this other guy, um, with an Italian like name, uh, Matteo De Giulio. Um, <laughs> he his mom or somebody came down, uh, while we were there, came down and got us at the table and said are you guys the broadcasters <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking lady do you see me with a headset on or a tv yeah, in front of me or anything right? and yeah, i and I've i point face for the radio yeah exactly you know here i am freezing my cheeks off and she's asking me if i'm broadcasting the game <laughs> uh but she was complaining because they were uh, mispronouncing her little boy's name uh, uh, apparently grandpa was listening somewhere and uh he was upset that they were butchering his last name and i thought okay uh, whatever so, uh, anyways, Adrian eliminated Central Oklahoma, so all the WCHL teams were out. Um, the next game was uh, Ohio and Jamestown, two versus seven. It went to overtime, and uh, yeah. Ohio beat Jamestown uh, four to three. It was uh, kind of a controversial um, thing because, uh, uh, I mean, Jamestown was leading Ohio early, and then Ohio tied it up, and then I think they both got goals in the third to make it three to three. And um, Ohio scored when the um, you know what hey that reminds me the that one goal that Ohio scored uh, against Illinois State their number their the the big rookie um, and I say big he's not big he's a little guy but he's he puts up a gajillion points his name is Luke Reeve he scored the goal against Illinois State the one goal that was on the power play and it was. You know, it was a right place, right time type of thing, Andrew. He yeah. the, the puck was dribbling through the crease behind the goaltender. It wasn't like he had to do anything other than <laughs> put the stick out and poke it in. Yeah. So it wasn't like he ripped a wrister or anything like that. The reason I bring that up, this goal that won uh, in overtime against Jamestown, a Jamestown guy knocked number 17, Laker Aldridge from Ohio, into the Jamestown goaltender and kind of pushed him out of the crease. And so there was a wide open net and the puck, you know, there, it was just an absolute scramble in front of uh, the Jamestown net. The Jamestown D-man pushes the Ohio forward onto the Jamestown goaltender who they all, the whole mass of bodies goes sliding, you know, one way out of the crease. And so there's an empty net there and who puts it away? But um, Sam Turner from, uh, uh, from Ohio, a big defenseman just picks up a puck from like between the circles. Yeah, just bas- rips it home. Fires it basically into an empty net, and so it was. It was reviewed. It was challenged. It was reviewed, and they determined that there was uh, no interference, even though there clearly was interference. But I guess they determined that uh, the Jamestown guy caused it, not the Ohio guy. Okay, so so 
a little little controversy to go along the way huh? yeah yeah well i mean it's yeah so it was okay and then um so that was the first of the two overtime games because indiana tech and minot state holy smokes they played a classic oh. game you know minot jumps out quickly and um you're thinking uh-oh like they scored yeah. two goals within like seconds of one another it was like once they got the first one boom the second one came from minot and you're like uh oh here comes the avalanche 19 seconds later 19 okay 19 seconds and then uh indiana tech just plotted away they scored a goal a period and they just kept in it kept in it and when they tied the uh they tied the game in the third late in the third with like two or three minutes to go in the third the place went nutty and you're like <laughs> oh my gosh yeah what's going on here now all of my not was there I think they, oh. they turned out the lights in Minot, North Dakota, and all moved to Marlboro for the weekend. Did they bring their wrestling ring? <laughs> they did not bring the wrestling. However, there was a guy there, Andrew. He was dressed in like a uh, like a leisure suit. I'm, 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 <laughs> say, I'm saying this wrong. It wasn't a leisure suit. It was like a warm-up suit, right? Like if you're going out for tennis, you're just walking. You know, you're going to yeah. the gym. You know how... Yep moms when they don't want to when they don't want to get dressed up but they got to go pick up the kid at school they just throw on like a workout outfit yeah i call it a windsuit there you go a windsuit this guy had bedazzled his windsuit with (laughs) with red with red sequins and it had trim it had uh, a black stripe uh, with two white stripes on either side of it down the pant leg and up the sleeve he looked classic (laughs) he was awesome nice um and there was there was a, there were a couple of uh minot state fans there that had beaver hats on um they were stuffed beavers not the real thing but they were like fake uh stuffed animal type things um <laughs> so there was a joke there that was ready to be had that i refrained from uh, <laughs> yeah i didn't put it on twitter um but anyways minot state uh ends up winning the game i believe they scored on a power play goal um i could be yeah. wrong you have the yeah. you, have, you have the light, sheet there light. right yeah they scored on the power play at 437 of the third period yeah no 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 well, well who uh the, so the overtime goal is just a just a four on four goal okay well maybe it, it had to have been uh it must have been like right after a uh, a penalty that was called in overtime i thought well maybe i'm wrong no i'm wrong um anyways it, i just know that uh it, it was a tight game, and people were really, really surprised with the fight that Indiana Tech put on uh, put on uh, Minot. Indiana Tech's goaltender, his last name is Barnhill, I know. I think it's Ty Barnhill. He played his tail off. He was awesome. That's great. Yeah, so, uh, so there we go. So uh, all the WCHL teams are eliminated. All the B Conference teams are eliminated. We're left with a final four of Minot State, Ohio, Adrian, and Liberty. And uh, so that set us up for for a fun Monday and then a Tuesday. Yeah. How about Ohio? God, just getting by by the skin of your teeth. <laughs> well, uh. well, hey, let's uh, let's talk about Ohio here in a, in a quick second, and let's uh, I'm, I'm going to hit a horn, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the two semifinals and the championship game, and then we'll wind up some more stuff. Sound good? Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> I can I can tell, Andrew. Hold on. <laughs> Well, he was more than just a coach. Uh, he was really a teacher. Work that puck. That's the way I like it. What the hell? We... The... You gonna let him stand in here like a? Hold it! Just because you look like the gimp don't mean you play like the gimp. Don't let him stand in here and punk you like you patting him on the legs. 
Give him the gourmet shot. Be a bad motherfucker. Here you go. Let's go. Hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. All righty, Chance the Rapper, let's do that hockey. Let's do it. I'm telling you what, Andrew, the, uh, you know, w- there was a question. Well, here's how the ACHA works, right? We did not know, um, based, because that last game went to overtime on Sunday night, we didn't know who was playing when on Monday. We, ju- we knew which teams. We knew that Ohio was playing um, – either Adrian or Liberty, right? depending on who won. Um, and I guess you could say it the other way. Adrian was playing either Ohio or Liberty, depending on, on who won that Indiana Tech-Minot State game. Um, but because it ended so late, the game ended, I don't know, close to almost 11. Uh, Minot State elected to play in the late game on Monday night. They, Since they were the number one seed, they got to pick what time they wanted to play. So number two and number three, Adrian, played the early game on Monday. That's Ohio versus Adrian and Andrew. Uh, I, I got to, you know, I got to say, if you're going to tell me that a team was going to score five goals on Adrian's goaltender, I'm going to tell you that Ohio that that team is going to win, and that's what Ohio right. did, and they still lost by three. How about that? So Adrian, they had the they had the guns out. I mean, yeah, they eight did. Goals, eight goals in the semifinals. They scored uh, what four in the round before that. They scored eight in the opening game on Friday. So I mean, hey, they had the guns out and ready. And they came. They jumped out. It was seven to two after two periods. And credit to Ohio, they didn't give up. They scored three goals in the third period, and Adrian got a late goal. Um, and I, I shouldn't say a late goal. They got an, an early goal. Um, it, it just seemed, you know, instead of laying down, which Ohio should have done, you know, it was 7-2, to two, let's just come out for the last 20 minutes and go home. Yeah, they, they showed a little fight. They did. They did, and you know, to their credit, they showed a lot of fight, and they turned an eight to two game into an eight to five game, and it got a little nervous there for the Adrian folks. You know, they called yeah. timeout and had to recollect themselves. Uh, ultimately, Adrian wins the game, eight to five, but uh, you know, it showed a, a vulnerability, if you will. Yeah, how about yeah. how about Adrian though? Late in the second, scoring goals five seconds apart. I mean, it was holy. in. Same. Holy smokes. They right scored, off the draw. Right off the draw, they scored three goals in a matter of, what, two minutes? Ew. And then they they did the same thing earlier in the second period. They scored two goals within a matter of two minutes. Yeah. I mean, five goals all all lumped together within like four minutes of each other. I mean, it, 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 that's how potent that they that of an offense that they were. And that's why when they made it to the championship game, I'm thinking, okay. You know, yeah, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a doozy, right? Well, Adrian's loading. I mean, come on, they sc- like you just ran through. They scored eight, four, and eight. Yeah, right? so twenty goals through three games. right? Yeah, come on, they're averaging seven goals a game. They're going to score lights out. The next game was uh, Minot Liberty. So Adrian wins. They beat Ohio eight to five. Adrian's in the championship game, and they've got rest. Minot's uh, playing Liberty. Uh, they haven't played at all this year. Well, no, I take that back. Minot went to Liberty, and they split in, at Liberty. They yeah, split at Liberty, yep. And um, uh, Liberty and uh, Minot go to overtime. How about that? So, what is it? First period belongs to Liberty. Rubber, rubber in the second. And then 
here comes Minot. You know, they get one early in the uh, third to make it, what, two to one? And then late in the uh, third period with, like, what, four minutes to go, they scored it to tie it. Uh Uh-huh. And then off to OT we go. Off to OT we go. Liberty took a penalty in overtime, and you're thinking, "Uh uh-oh, here we go. Yeah. Minot's going to win. And uh, Minot won, but it wasn't a power play goal. It was just an even strength goal, but they, uh, they found a way. Yep. And uh, so they Minot beats Liberty 3-2. to two. And uh, so it's Minot versus Adrian in the championship game on Tuesday night. It for, was the, for how many times in the past four years has that been the matchup? No kidding. I mean, they played Minot Adrian down in Frisco for the championship. It was Minot Adrian for the championship in uh, at Maryville during the COVID season. And was it Minot? Who? Oh, it's Lindenwood. Lindenwood uh, UCL last year, right? That's right. Lindenwood UCL last year. Thank you. Thank you. See, that's why you're here, to help me out with these <laughs> great facts. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they've played, what, four out of the, uh, three out of the last four years for the, uh, that we've had the, that we've had the uh, Nationals. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty impressive, right? They do not like one another. That's um, good. Reportedly, one team um, uh, peed on the uh, other team's trophy uh, before they had to return <laughs> it to them. Um, so I think that was a COVID, another COVID thing. So I mean, there's not not a whole lot of love lost here. That's all right. My not makes for good matchups. <laughs> makes for. I tell you what, the championship game. It was a one to nothing game. My not wins the game, and it was a great, great, great game. Minot State scores the goal, the only goal of the game in the second period. And Minot State all throughout, I, I commented on this on Twitter, Minot State's goals are rarely coming from the blue line. They're rarely even uh, less, um, they're, they're rarely coming from the top of the circles. Almost all of Minot State's goals come from the crease or below. And they just crowd that small little area right in front of the crease, right in front of the net, and they make it uncomfortable for the goaltender, they make it uncomfortable for the D-man, and they find a way to sneak the puck into the net. And that's exactly what happened here. A guy was coming out from behind the boards, uh, Gretzky's office, if you will, and he was on his backhand, but he went right next to the, uh, he was coming out on the left side of the goal. He was just coming out, or he had a right-handed shot, just coming out, he almost hugged the goalpost, and as he was um, passing the the goal line, he just lifted a backhander that found its way through the Adrian goaltender's shoulder and the post. the 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 area that he had to shoot it in couldn't have been more than three or four inches wide, and he lifted it up, and it went over and into the net, and that was it. That was the only goal of the game, but Minot State, I, I don't hear how many, let's see here, they scored one, three, so there's four, they scored another four, so there's eight, then they scored another eight, so they scored 16 goals in four games. I guarantee you, Andrew, 15 of those goals were probably scored from the crease or below. Just right there. Small, how about that? Small area work, hard work, and, you know, just jamming. They, you know, Phil Esposito, when he was playing, they called it garbage time. Yep, um, he would... He would just get, you know, he would stand in front and let, you know, the shots hit the goaltender and he would just clean up the garbage into an empty net, basically. Um, there was one goal, I, I forget, I think it was in that Minot State Dearborn game, 
where they shot it off of um minus State has this gigantic man mountain of a player he's a freshman he's number 64 um i don't know his name i uh, should sheldon howard sheldon howard the, the dude's gigantic and that's even not on skates but the minor the, the they drew up a play shot it at this guy sheldon howard it bounced off his chest dropped right in front of him and he just swatted the puck into an empty net I mean, it's insane. That's what they did like three or four times. And he's, you know, standing right on top of the goaltender, right at the top of the crease, not allowing the goaltender to see anything because he's eight miles wide and 10 miles tall. Yeah. I've seen the kid. He is, he is a massive of a man. He's a, sure. Yeah. He's a monster of a, of a player and he's fast and he's got some good hands. I mean, I'm, he's, I'm not saying he's a big fat glute or anything. The guy can play. Um, yes, he can. But all of their goals were small area, you know, goals scored from that crease area that are just, I mean, it's impressive what they do. You know, the thing, the thing with Minot and, you know, we don't want to pump them up too much, but you see these guys year in and year out and it's, it, it seems like they always show up, they have a system and, and the kids buy into that system and the kids play in that system and it makes it tough, right? Yep. It's, you know, in years past, they were defensive, right? They would sell out and trap like crazy in the neutral zone and make things miserable. You know, they did that to Lindenwood a couple years ago where Lindenwood was high powered and they just dropped back in the trap and didn't give Lindenwood a thing. And they ended up winning, right? So yep. they they get into these systems and they buy in and it makes them dangerous. And you got to give kudos to them for that. They, they, yeah, they, they, they would play the one, two, two almost exclusively throughout the game and just jam up the neutral zone. And, you know, I, I say that I'm not a hockey guy, so that they, they could be playing the, uh, you know, the X, Y, Z, but it, to me, it looked like <laughs> a one, two, two, and then they pack the house, they defend the house. So if a puck is going to get through to their goaltender, um, you know, that's why the shots on goal are so low because they block probably twice as many shots as get through. Yeah, they block everything. Right? Yeah, it's insane. So, hey, Minot State, congratulations. You're the champions for the 2022-2023 season. This is their third championship. They're first under uh, head coach Wyatt Wasilenchuk. And uh, the Beavers are now three-time champions. How about that? Yeah. Who has the, mo- who has the most championships? Penn State? Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's Penn State. Penn State okay. or... Uh, Penn State, you know, here while you're while you're talking, I'm gonna look it up here because I'm it, pretty sure we have it here somewhere. The uh, I want to say it's Penn State. Wanna, yeah, here let me. That's what that's what runs in my mind. But you yeah. know, if I were if I were smart, I would have had all this stuff up here ready. Um, but those guys, I mean, here holy we moly. go. Here we go. We're gonna get it right here. It's because it was on one of my more recent press releases. Penn, oh, okay. Penn State four to, five times. Five times? Lindenwood and Ohio have won it four times. And now Minot State has won it thrice. There you go. Yeah. After that, Adrian, North Dakota State, Central Oklahoma, and Illinois. They've all won it at least twice. Twice. Yeah. And then we have Arizona State, Davenport, Iowa State, Oakland, Delaware, and Rhode Island. They've all won it just once. So, yeah, Adrian's in a class by themselves. They're now the fourth winningest team. In uh, there have been a total of fourteen schools that have won, and they're now four out of fourteen. Not too shabby. Not bad. Not bad. Not too shabby. Yep. So there we go. Uh, Minot State's the winner. Uh, we, uh, Andrew, that means in our podcast, 
um, that we had. I think we had you, we had Curtis, we had Ryan Armstrong, we had uh, Anita Suchia. Um, I, the only one that picked mine out was Ryan Armstrong. There you go. So, I remember who I picked. Yeah, you picked UCO, I believe. Did I? I don't know. Let me, here, let me look here. Look. Let me, I was gonna say, let me, let me. I threw my score sheet away. Anita had Anita picked UNLV. Ryan Armstrong picked Minot. Let me see here. Curtis and Andrew, where is it? Oh, here it is. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. No, a- Andrew, look, I'm so oh, wrong. You had Minot. My. Oh, look at that! I picked the champion. You picked the champion, and you had you had Minot versus UNLV in the championship game. Curtis had Minot versus UCO in the championship game. Curtis had to do his hometown. He had to. Yeah, he did. He had. He had no a, choice. He was in a tough spot on that one. Yeah, he was. Ryan Armstrong had Minot UNLV. So Andrew, you and Ryan Armstrong are the big wieners. How about this though? I had fifty percent of the uh, field in the semifinals. Yeah. I had UNLV Liberty, Adrian UCO. Okay. So I had fifty percent of the. Uh, Oh, what is that? The Sunday games. Yeah. Let's see. Ryan Armstrong had UNLV Adrian Jamestown Minot, so he had fifty percent. That went. Yeah, went fifty fifty. Yeah, so yeah, not too not too bad a prognostication. Not, I'd say, yeah. So credit to you. Congratulations. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah. In our bracket contest that we uh, ran, courtesy of uh, the the wizard, all hat, no cape. Um, the winner had a very presumptuous but very prescient name. Um, yeah, how do you, yeah, how do you know that one? Inside ACHA bracket winner. Inside baseball. Yeah. Well, here, here's here's more inside baseball. Had Adrian won it, guess who would have won the uh, contest? You. Fishbert. <laughs> <laughs> he would have won his own contest. Nice. But instead, Minot State wins it, and ACHA bracket winner wins the uh, bracket contest. And uh, so we're, we're going to get some stuff out to him or her uh, awesome. if they contact us here in the next couple of days. If not, you snooze, you lose. As as our friend Fishbert said on the uh, on, on the thing, sometimes privacy is your own prize. Yeah. Uh, how about how about that? I you sent me the link to uh, test it out to make sure it all kind of gelled together and worked yeah and i filled it out and did it and then i forgot to go back and do the real one (laughs) i wasn't even in this year's competition oh poo yeah totally forgot to go back and fill it out how about that well let's say let's talk really quick about some of the fun stuff at the uh at the event um uh and let's start with some with some not so fun stuff okay at the end of the unlv liberty game there was an unfortunate thing one of the UNLV in the handshake line one of the UNLV kids uh, lost his composure and pulled the Liberty kid down to the ground by his face mask and started a fight. Um, that was not fun. No bueno. No bueno. And that kid, I, I don't know if he's coming back. It was UNLV 18. Uh, his last name is Burke. Um, I don't know if he's coming back, if if, if not. Um, but we'll. it's kind of the second time in, the, in a row that uh, something has happened with UNLV after they've been eliminated. Um, last year when UCO, uh, eliminated UCO, there was a kerfuffle under the stands. And then I understand there was another one, uh, either in the stands or outside in the, in the lobby. So it's becoming a, uh, a nationals tradition, if you will, uh, and not very good one. Um, but, uh, so that was not good, especially since it was broadcast for everybody to see on uh, hockey TV. This one was. 
So hopefully they're they're going to be just fine. Whoop. And then um, here, let's see. Are you there, big man? Yeah, I lost you there. Must oh, have dropped us for some, some reason. Something must have happened. Maybe, maybe. Are you on dial-up? Are you on pay per, pay per minute? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> Could be. Yeah, I ran. I ran out of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> had, to, had to go plug the meter really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I was just talking about the UNLV uh, handshake thing, and it's uh, unfortunate. But uh, hey, we got past it. Um, something else that was unfortunate, Andrew, I was told at the New England Sports Center that they had two full-on restaurants, your regular snack bar that has, you know, like fried chicken and, yep. I mean, what, what is, you, you ran a snack bar for the longest time. What, what do you have? You have yeah, you pretzels, fries, and, cheese sticks, pretzels, yeah. strips, yeah, that kind of stuff. And then I was told they had a full-on seafood restaurant. Yeah. Lobster. What is it? You were looking forward to the lobster rolls and the. Clam chowder, clam, and all of this stuff, clam right? bellies. Apparently, the the senior management at the New England Sports Center said, "You know what? For this tournament, all we're going to offer is clam chowder." Oh, so hey, it worked out. Clam chowder was great. Um, they offered it. <laughs> they didn't just offer it. Uh, <laughs> I was oh. going to call you Ryan because uh, I was thinking of my son. They didn't just offer it, Andrew. In in cups or bowls they offered it in cups or quarts <laughs> so oh. so when the in the so i go up there it's friday i'm i'm starving i'm looking for you know some seafood and <laughs> i say hey what do you what do you got and uh she goes oh we got clam chowder and uh you know cup or quart so i got a cup and and it was great it was nice and hot and trust me i needed it um <laughs> after sitting in a freezing cold ring forever and ever but then she asked me she goes anything else and i said well what else do you got because like if they got lobster rolls or clam bellies or something i'm, I'm all over it right she, she goes I, so she goes you want anything else I said yeah what do you got she goes beer <laughs> <laughs> so no oh. I, I just stuck with the clam chowder oh. yeah sounds terrible no it was great it was great it was nice and warm and uh, it was just what the uh, just what we needed. I, I'm Andrew. The um, you'll you'll appreciate this. The rink um, was uh, the rink was probably. I, I mean, it worked out. Don't get me wrong. Okay, it worked out because it was. Um, it it was we had the best rink in the whole building. And there were a lot of, uh, you know, there was maybe, I don't know, five rows of, or let's say eight rows of, of bleachers for fans. And so, you know, like I said, Minot State brought a lot of fans. Um, IUP had a ton of fans there. Liberty had a ton of fans there. Holy smokes, Liberty had a ton of fans there. Um, uh, so, it, you know, to, to that degree, it was full. But this was probably the worst setup for... Uh, hockey if you will um that we've had in all of the uh nationals since we've been combined you know the mm. the the setup at the ice house was was much better in columbus the setup in frisco was just great yeah frisco is awesome yeah now you know i mean locker rooms um you know no access 
Um, you know, we had little sky boxes up there for the staff to, to get into. Um, you know, so it was, the setup was great. And, you know, the only downside is, was that, you know, if you wanted to go watch a division two, you had to drive from Frisco to Plano. If you wanted to watch the women, you had to drive from Frisco to McKinney. Um, the setup in, at, in St. Louis is great because it's all in one facility, even though we have to spread it out over 10 days, you know, we couldn't do it all at once like we did here at the new England sports center. Um, so the setup was fine, but it was clearly the worst of the four that we've had when we've had combined, um, combined nationals, if you will. And, and I say that from a division one staffing working point of view, as opposed to, uh, you know, from a fan perspective, I'm sure it was great because everyone's commingling. You've, you're walking around the merchandise stand, and there's somebody from Central Michigan, and there's somebody from Assiniboine, and there's somebody from Sioux College, and there's somebody from uh, Florida Gulf Coast or University of Mary. I mean, you couldn't help but intermingle with other folks if you're in the fan section. But in the rink itself, right. it was just it 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 was number four out of four. So it's a, it's an interesting setup. You know, I'm sitting here looking at the rink map of it right now and all that. It's yeah. a, uh, interesting setup. That's for sure. I mean, you can definitely tell it's a, well, you know, I got money this year. I'm going to, I'm going to build another rink. <laughs> I'm going to, Oh, look at this. I'm going to build another rink again. You know? Yeah. That's, that's kind of what it reminded me of. And because of that, Andrew, there is just a crazy quilt of doors and hallways I mean, if it reminded me the first day that I got there, it reminded me a lot of that Scooby-Doo scene where, you know, the ghost is chasing Scooby and Shaggy, you know, and you're just <laughs> yep. looking at them running through doors in a hallway and they're coming in one door and leaving through another door. And uh, that's what the place reminded me of. Um, in order to get to the, in order to get to the, to the scorer's table, in order for the coaches to get onto the bench, they had to walk down a hallway and then go through an unmarked uh, brown door and then walk down um, that opened into another hallway that was rubberized. It had rubber matting and it had tape on it with arrows pointing the way, but it couldn't have been more than, you know, five feet wide. I mean, it was, it was one of those, you know, in a horror movie, you would see the killer at the end of the, at the end of the hallway silhouette standing there with his ax or his chainsaw. It was one of those long, dreary hallways. Um, Lots of entrances, lots of exits, um, lots of places for people to walk in and bring all their alcohol, apparently. (laughs) So, uh, it was fun. We got to see, uh, you know, you get. It's fun to get to see all the parents, even the ones that say, "Hey, you're mispronouncing my little boy's name." <laughs> there were some locals that showed up. There were two guys that uh, we got to know. One was always there in a Ray Bork '77 Bruins jersey. Yeah. His buddy, um, who might have been missing a chromosome or two, um, was there <laughs> wearing a Buffalo Sabers Ryan Miller jersey almost all the time. And so that's, that's how, that's, good. that's how I knew he was missing a gene because he was a Buffalo fan. That's uh, a good chromosome. Oh, I'm telling you what <laughs> the, uh, the rink staff was just great. Um, they were uh, now, I understand that some of the rink staff might've had some sticky fingers and, uh, there was some merchandise that might've ended up in the uh, Zamboni room when it shouldn't have been. Nice. So, uh, yeah, we had to deal with that, but, uh, otherwise yeah, it was, uh, it's, Hey, it was good to get up there. It was good to, um, 
get it over with. It's good to get it done. We're looking forward to going to St. Louis next year. Yeah, uh, St. Louis is a good one. Yeah. You know, God bless the Boston area. I grew up that way. Um, and, uh, you know, every town, I've said this before, but every town has a, has a Pearl Street. Every town has a School Street. Every town has a Prospect Avenue. Um, every town has a pleasant street, but none of the, none of those streets match up town to town. So, you know, if you're, if you were to liken this to, uh, let's say Colorado Boulder has a pleasant street, but Fort Collins has a pleasant street and it's not the same pleasant street at all. It's totally different. Right. Um, or let's say Boulder, Longmont, Loveland, and then Fort Collins, they all have, or, or let's use the Arizona's Chandler, Mesa, Gilbert. You know, they all have a school street and they all have a prospect Avenue, but it's never the same one. It's, it it was just maddening. There's not a straight road in the Boston area. You're always driving up or down a little horse path that's been paved over and used for a road. It was just crazy. And uh, everything, Andrew, everything closes at nine o'clock. Really? Yeah. I mean, there's, you would think now I say that. There was a TGI Fridays down the road that stayed open till one in the morning. But I mean, who wants to go eat at a TGI Fridays every night yeah. at one in the morning? And and Marlboro's out there always. I mean, yeah, it's about it's not yeah. it's not even close to Boston, really. I yeah, mean. well, it's it's about thirty minutes away. So it's uh, it, it maybe twenty if you're on the Mass Pike, depending on if you're if how you drive. Yeah, but uh, I know there were there were some teams that uh, went into Boston and explored. I know Maryville had themselves a nice steak dinner at some fancy wancy steak joint in uh, in downtown Boston. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, I know that some other folks got to go and explore, um, uh, which was kind of interesting. So, uh, anyways, um, you know, but it, for for the people like me, and I'm not I'm not complaining. I don't want anyone to feel oh woe is me because I mean hell, I got to see 19 great games and uh, got to have a great time. It was the four of us were up there uh, on the on the concourse. Um, a men's one commissioner Brian Moran, the director of officiating uh, Dan Monatelli. Um, the Hall of Famer himself, Dr. Al Murdoch, and then me, the uh, Twitter doofus. Um, <laughs> we were just uh, all up there and, uh, you know, had to get to see 19 great games. So I'm not wanting anyone to feel sorry. I'm just saying, you know, when you're heading out and you want to get a pizza or a sub or some late night grub, it's your, your, your options were limited. Very limited, right? Yeah. So, well, yeah. Yeah. Now, Twitter was entertaining this year. Well, like hope, always, hope, hopefully, hopefully so. I, I, I heard there was one team that objected. Um, oh, come on! Yep, they objected to uh, describing the Illinois State uh, IUP alcohol fueled uh, parent fest, and that the police were involved. It was called. Uh, it was called uh, unprofessional. And do we really want that out there on our representing our Twitter page and everything? <laughs> course later on you know that team had a fight in the handshake line so um yeah you know i'm not too worried about it um but uh yeah hey twitter i tried to have fun tried to have fun yeah yeah gotta have fun fun, right i mean hey i just tried to keep myself entertained and if anybody else was along for the ride then so be it yep they yeah no you got to make it entertaining for sure 
So, uh, yeah, we've, we're on to St. Louis next year. We're, uh, Andrew, let's talk really quick. We've had some changes here in the WCHL. I know we've blathered on a little bit, but we've, we're going to have at least two new head coaches in the WCHL next year. Uh, Benny Toller at Colorado has uh, decided to step down, and Colorado's right. currently looking for a coach. That's, that's too bad because he's a, he's a class guy. Benny's all right. I like Benny. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's got a lot going on in his life trying to raise a young boy. And, um, I know that he recently, uh, either got engaged or got married. I don't know if he went the, if he jumped in with both feet or if he just decided <laughs> to dip his toe and get engaged, but uh, regardless, yeah. we're happy for Benny and, um, yeah, he, he's a good guy. He is a good guy. Yeah. So yeah. all the best right there. He, uh, he had, he had allowed that, um, Colorado, you know, with their current setup, it'll never be um, a top ten team with their current, you know, with how things are with you know being student led. And I'm like, dude, you know, three years ago, Colorado was number six in the nation. Yeah, you know, under it, the same setup. So, uh, you know, you know, it's 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 tough. It takes the it takes the right person. You know, it's to to pull it off right and. Yep. Uh, you know the the big thing that make these club hockey teams go, and the ones that you see at the top year in and year out is uh, they're the organization behind the scenes, right? Yeah. yeah, they they're they're strong, and there's a lot of people that lead these things, and uh, so it does make it a little bit tougher when it is student led because you don't have that support system there and all of that. So you know it kind of is what it is, right? It is what it is, yeah. And then the other change is uh, kind of a surprise up at Missouri State. Jeremy Law has resigned as the head coach at Missouri State. He's taken the uh, head coaching job at Drury University, which is a college in Springfield. They play at ACHA Men's 2. So uh, Missouri State's going to be looking for a head coach, and we're going to miss Coach Law, uh, uh, Cliff Cook, who's been a guest here on the podcast, and a uh, semi-frequent listener. Um, Cliffy is, uh, he also resigned and my guess is he'll, I think there's an announcement coming this week regarding Cliff and what he's going to be doing, but, um, my, I don't think he's going to stray too far away from Springfield either. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of a, kind of interesting, kind of a shocker there, right? The, uh, yeah, yeah kind of coach, coach of all kind of a, kind of a mainstay in the WCHL here. So. You wish him the best over there at Drury and see what he can pull off there. And, uh, yeah, let's see what Missouri State has up their sleeve now. Yeah, I think Missouri State will have, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't know how many, I don't know how many coaching candidates they'll have because Springfield is kind of, uh, uh, it's not exactly a hockey hotbed. Um, but I think it'll be a desirable, um, desirable oh. position. They've, oh, they, yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, it goes right back to what we just talked about with Colorado, right? It's uh, Colorado's student-led, and then you look at Missouri State, and uh, you know, I'd call Missouri State kind of a poster child for how to run things behind the scenes. You know, you got Stan Melton and Ryan Armstrong, and you know, Coach Cook and Coach Law, and you know, you just think you just go down the list, and it's kind of the poster child for how to do it. They've got, so, uh, yeah, they've got a lot going on, a lot of good for them. They have, they also have a student board that's involved, but uh, you know, they've got great off-ice support. They've got great support from the university, and um, yeah, they, they, they fan they, support. I mean, you're oh, yeah. routinely, routinely playing in front of a sellout crowd. So I mean, hey, it's 
that would be a desirable spot in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I think once the word gets out that um, that that opportunity is out there, I think they're going to get some uh, some decent names to come in and. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, we're going to miss uh, Jeremy and Cliff. And yep. um, I know there's going to be a steep leaning, learning curve for those guys in terms of uh, trying to figure out how the world of ACHA Men's 2 operates simply because it's nothing like Men's 1. I mean, <laughs> if, 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 if I had a gong, if I had a gong um, uh, sound effect, that's what I would use for Men's 2. <laughs> it is it it's it's the wild west you have some teams that are really really good and really really well run and then you have some complete absolute s shows and um so anyways mm-hmm. uh, and, and and i guess andrew to to that point you know we we i before we you and i hopped on to the uh to to this podcast i sent you a some some stuff from social media regarding yeah. a, a division two game that happened down in the Dallas area or the, just yesterday yeah. where there was a fight in the stands and the head coach for one of the two teams that was involved hopped the glass and got involved in the fight and the game was canceled. Yeah, rightfully so, right? Seven minutes into it was a championship game that was being played between men's two North Texas and men's two East Texas Baptist University. And um, there's a fight in the stand seven minutes into the game. And uh, the East Texas Baptist coach hopped the glass and got involved in the fight. And so uh, the, 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 I guess, um, from reading some of the comments, well, well, how about this? Uh, East Texas Baptist kind of has, they, they've done this before. They have a reputation for rough housing and yeah. for, you know, kind of being a, uh, difficult to deal with uh, let's say and um you know starting crap on you know in the games usually it's on the ice not off the ice but uh, anyways uh yeah I'm, I'm, you know maybe on the on the podcast i'll on the podcast twitter i'll i'll retweet some of that stuff so that some folks can see what we're talking about but uh that's the kind of junk that uh drury and jeremy long cliff cook are gonna have to uh uh, well, hopefully they'll avoid that, and they'll, hopefully they'll bring yeah, a touch of hope, class to men's too. Yeah, kind of clean it up a little bit, right? Yeah, the, that uh, that Texas conference, they, it's a, it's a joke of a men's two conference, and I wouldn't touch those guys with Andrew. I wouldn't touch those guys with your ten foot pole, let alone mine. So, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, yeah, I would not want to get involved in the men's two stuff. That no, well, sure. it's kind of kind of what we're dealing with. We're talking about Oklahoma playing Oklahoma State. I wouldn't want to deal with those guys at all. Mm. No, I mean, they're just I jokes, mean, and all they yeah, want to do I mean, is fight and goon it up and not play hockey. Yeah, and it's you know Division One. I, I mean, it's it's the real thing. I mean, you know, we've talked about it before. I would take these top level um, kids out of ACHA D one and go play anybody in the country um, for that. You know, and uh, can't say that for the lower levels. You know, not not taken quite as seriously right no no these are the those are the teams that call you the day of the game and cancel because they don't want to miss a party or they don't want to miss a football game or uh yep it's they they don't take it very seriously it's it, they put the club in club hockey unfortunately yeah yep and and there's some you know well there's some men's d1 teams that 
that will pull that stuff for football games and stuff like that. And, and they are not national contenders. No. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, so, you know, kind of get what you get, get what you get. So that's a wrap on the 2022, 2023 season. Um, I think we'll, Andrew, what do you think? The world cup of university hockey is coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, uh, team Canada and Team USA are going to be sent over to Romania on behalf of the ACHA to participate in an eight-team tournament. Do you want to do a podcast or two regarding the World Cup of University Hockey, or do we care? I say we might as well, since we've talked about it a little bit here, I say we might as well uh, bore people a little bit more with it, right? All right. Well, let's let, let's do this then. Let's take a little break. Um, allow us to uh, recharge a battery or two and uh, before the World Cup of University Hockey gets going we'll come back on and uh, you know what maybe we'll try to get the uh, that's what I'll do since uh, Michael Rivera the head coach of UCO is one of the he's on the staff for America Team USA and Jeremy Law who we just talked about formerly of Missouri State he's on the staff for Team Canada and there's uh, some central Oklahoma kids that are going to go play. And um, there's, uh, there's a couple of Arizona kids that are going to go play. A couple of UNLV kids that are going to go play. And a Missouri State kid that's going to go play uh, in the World Cup University Hockey. So, yeah, well, let's, let's do that. We'll, we'll do a little preview and then a little uh, post-game analysis or something, if you will, once the tournament's over. I think that sounds like a great plan. Yeah, and then we'll get out of people's hair for the summer. Yeah, then we'll leave them alone. After that, well, we'll have our big annual meeting down in Naples at the end of April. Andrew, do you want to come to that, or do you want to uh, still schedule quinceaneras for a little while? I'll, I'll stick with my quinceaneras. Oh, that's too bad. I was going to bring you down to Naples. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll stick with it. All right, all right. Well, it was going to be my treat, but hey. <laughs> yeah. What can you do? I was going to have you drive either. me around down there. No, oh, there you go. Yeah, my, I was going to, Andrew, oh, Andrew, please pull <laughs> yeah. the car up. Yeah, please pull the car up for me. Yeah. Andrew, please please test the water. Make sure it's 80 degrees or hotter, please, Andrew. Speaking of speaking of pulling cars around for people and Uh-oh. all this, I had a I had a text message come through this afternoon. Yeah. And it and it was a uh, it was somebody that texted and said, uh, "Where are you now?" question mark, you know? Uh-oh. And I'm I'm like, "Oh, got another one." So I was like, you know, for me to know and for you to wonder, you know, just kind of baiting them on here, you know? Yeah. Person says, well, I'm at LAX, you know, I'm looking, you know, um, my phone died, so this is my work phone, da-da-da-da-da, and all this. And uh, long story short, it's some lady walking around the LA airport. Her assistant was supposed to have an Uber car pulled up for and all this, and she's texting me because she forgot the number that she was (laughs) trying to text. (laughs) And, you know, I felt so bad, you know, I I've been going on for like an hour with this girl walking around LAX airport, looking for her assistant and her car and whatever else she was looking for. Oh no. Oh, uh, and I felt so bad because I'd been jacking around and messing with her. Yeah. And she, you know, an hour into it, she, she figured out that she was not texting the right person to find her car today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Of course I love dealing with folks like that. But I only felt bad for like two seconds, though, so. <laughs> Whenever I would get uh, uh, stuff like that, they would say, you know, or, or a wrong number. Hey, is uh, Billy there? I'm like, yeah, hey, hold on for a second. And I just put the <laughs> yeah. phone down and walk away. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just hold on for a second there, buddy. Yeah, here, let me go find him. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you're still here? Oh, oh, yeah, no, there's no Billy here. Sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyways, hey, oh, um, so so the WCHL season is uh, done and dusted. The ACHA season is almost over. We've got uh, two more events coming up in the world of ACHA hockey before we uh, can call it officially summertime. We'll have the World Cup of University Hockey coming up in a few weeks in April uh, over at uh, Romania. And then we'll have uh, our ACHA annual meeting down in uh, Naples, Florida, which will, that's at the end of April. And that's where a lot of policy and rules get uh, talked about. I know that there's something, there's some discussion regarding um, nationals and, you know, changing around the, the maybe the, the nationals format, not changing it, but maybe expanding it. Um, so that's, that, that could be something that's, uh, on the table to deal with. So we'll have some stuff to talk about. Oh boy. Yeah. And then, um, and then after that, you know, let's, we, like I said, we've got some coaching changes. Hopefully those vacancies will be filled here pretty quick and we're going to have a new team in the B conference next year. University of Mary is joining uh, men's division one. They're the, they, they were the back to back national champions at men's two. They got eliminated this year, which was kind of an upset, but, um, they're they're going to be an excellent Division One team. Yes, they will be. And I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah, yeah. And so we've got a lot to look forward to. All right, Andrew. Any other pearls of wisdom uh, before we get out of here? Anything? Uh, I saw where you brought your three-legged dog to a dog park and uh, I did gave her uh, some meatballs and can't believe you actually had to pay for that. Yep. She uh, we we took our three-legged dog to the dog park for the first time since her accident and. Uh, yeah, we had lunch with her, and they had a a little doggy parfait on the uh, menu, and it, yeah, a little meatball with some bacon and some, and I think it was bacon flavored ice cream to go on to go to finish it off there. So, <laughs> yeah, she she had a great time. There was there was there was probably oh god, there's probably 150 dogs at the dog park. Yeah, this weekend. So I mean, yeah, she had a good little time out there. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. You, you so, realize you could have done all that at home and not paid to go to the dog park. Well, you know, it okay. was something that my wife and daughter wanted to do. So uh, you know, there, there I am. So there you are. Okay. Well, very good. There I am. And then, uh, got a little news on the adoption front and all that stuff. We are, uh, we are getting signed up and we should be getting ready to go here in the next couple of weeks Uh-oh. for a, uh, foster program that the uh, DHS is doing here in Oklahoma City. Um, it's called Family Reunification is, I believe, the name of the program. And uh, we'll end up fostering some little kids under the age of two. And, uh, you know, we could have them. They told us, you know, you could have a kid for two days. You could have it for two weeks. You could have it for two months. You could have it for two years. Or it just wouldn't couldn't work out, and you might – be able to uh, permanently adopt a child if you want to. So, oh wow, yeah. So we're getting getting through all the murky paperwork and all that is that you have to deal with with DHS. Getting signed up for that, and uh, yeah, that should be getting ready to go here in about the next month or so. I think that's uh, both exciting and scary. <laughs> it is exciting it for is. you, scary for the kid that they're going to have to deal with you. Well, you know. They, uh, they'll be little, so they won't know. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be force-fed a uh, constant stream of Ed, Ed, and Eddie, and uh, Beavis check. and Butthead. Hey, there's nothing wrong with Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> oh, jeez. There's nothing wrong with Be- little Beavis and Butthead action. But. Oh, boy. 
Yeah. Well, very good. Well, that's exciting times. I wish you the best of luck there with that foster business. That's uh, yeah. kind of sounds it'll, like I said, scary and exciting all at once. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it'll uh, it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. All right. For men's division one, I, I think that's going to be it. We're going to announce the coach of the year, the rookie of the year, the player of the year um, coming up this week. Um, someone I know has to draft some press releases here on that pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> yeah, that guy's a slacker. That communi- ACHA communications right. dude. What a right loser. Writing has paper on the ground, writing with crayons with his toes. That's right. Know. That's right. In, in between dealing with bowls of ice cream and podcasts yeah. and yeah. Twitter feeds and stupid stuff like that. So, <laughs> all right, Andrew, listen, hey, we want to appreciate, uh, want to send our appreciation to everybody who's listened uh, so far to this terrible edition of the WCHL podcast, but also to the folks out there um, who've been listening all season long. Andrew, I was, uh, I had. Listener number 12 show up. He, he, he kind of punched me in the arm. He's the father of a UCO player. Um, and I don't want to embarrass the UCO player, but he's, the father was a good guy. And he said, hey, I listen to you guys all the time. And I just apologized profusely. Yeah, yeah sorry I, about that. Then I went and iced my arm down because, you know, I'm a little tender. And uh, <laughs> uh, no, he was, he, was, he was great. And um, uh, so... But he, he said he likes to listen and uh, he appreciates all that we do to uh, to promote the ACHA and the Western Collegiate Hockey League here on this cheesy little podcast. So um, that that was both uh, it was gratifying. I was grateful to know that people listen, and um, it's also very scary to know that people listen. Yeah, you so. never know what's going to come out of our mouth. <laughs> Say especially mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, especially mine. Um, so, but we saw a couple of other listeners up there and, uh, which, which was fine and, and great. So, uh, we want to thank everybody for putting up with us on here on the WCHL podcast all season long and, uh, supporting not only this cheesy, terrible podcast, but more importantly, um, the teams and the players, uh, they're true student athletes in the truest sense of the word playing for the love of the game, paying to pay to play for that game. And um, they're not getting any scholarships. They're not getting anything. In fact, money's going the other way. They're paying. Um, so it's uh, they they truly deserve as much recognition as we can possibly give them. And, 100%. Uh, so uh, thanks to uh, your support of this podcast, of the ACHA and of the WCHL. Andrew, thank you for putting up with me here on a Sunday yeah. night. It's been another been another great season of podcast, right? Yeah, well, from from my point of view, yes. From yours, I, you're probably sitting there going, "Wait a second, I could be scheduling quinceaneras and <laughs> yeah. elderly walks through the butterfly garden, That's and right. instead, I'm having to talk hockey with this dope." Yeah, well, you know, it may, yeah. <laughs> like <that>. See, you <laughs> just stumbled, stumbled, and go. Yeah, you just gave up. You just flopped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not so much on the, not so much on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, listen. I can't thank you enough. We want to thank Anita Suchia, Ryan Armstrong, and Curtis Johnson for also being on the podcast throughout the season. And uh, we had a couple of guests on uh, the coaches and the players. We'll try to. We'll see if we can't get some of those World Cup folks on uh, b- before we get going. And uh, in 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 uh, in earnest out in Romania, I'm uh, I want to thank the people at Southwest Airlines for getting my fat butt up to uh, Marlboro and back from Marlboro all in one piece. First time I've flown in three years, so that was kind of interesting. 
and um, grateful not to have caught, and better knock on wood, grateful to have not caught anything uh, while flying. And uh, yeah, let's. I'm also grateful I'm not going to Romania. Uh, yeah, no doubt about that one. Providence was far enough. Yeah. So, all righty, Andrew, let's, uh, let's get the hell out of here. What do you say? I say let's get out of here. Hit the button. Go for it. All right. Well, hey, thanks for listening to us, everybody. It's been fun. We will catch you in a couple of weeks. 